You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 164. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, amazing human, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place to have consistent four and five-figure months and then on the six and seven-plus-figure years without burning out in the process. Now, procrastination. It's a real thing, folks, and it happens to each and every one of us. I mean, have you ever sat down to complete an important task for your business and then suddenly discovered you were up putting a load of laundry on or engrossed in the latest Nutella recipe? Or perhaps you suddenly realize that the dog needs to be fed, emails need to be answered, your ceiling fan needs dusting, or maybe you should go ahead and have lunch, even though it's only 11 a.m. Next thing you know, it's the end of the day and your important tasks remain unfinished. But what truly is procrastination? Are we born with it? That's not even a fake question. Legit. Are we born with it? Does our human design play a part in it? If procrastination plays a role in your life, then you will want to stick around because I'm bringing on the podcast today, the amazing Betsy and Laura, two fellow Canadians, might I add, from Luscious Hustle. And we're going to be chatting with you today about why you procrastinate. And hint, it's not laziness. And we're also going to explore questions like, does procrastination have anything to do with laziness? How does the... uh, epidemic uh, or busyness play into procrastination? What is the real reason people avoid getting things done? And how does our brain and the wiring of our brain impact or not impact procrastination? And so much more goodness. But before we hop into this awesome episode, just want to let you know that this episode is specifically sponsored by my 12-month accelerated program, Profit Pillars. It is a program that shows you how to transform your business so that you can make more money and reach more people and have more time to enjoy your family and friends and put an end to burnout. This is a 12-month accelerator program specifically. It's not just a program. It's not just a course. And it's been specifically designed for women in business who are on their way to hitting their first five-figure months and then on the six-figure years without burning out. So you see, it could be a business owner who has a business idea, or they already have their business up and running, but they want to make more money, but just don't know how. In Profit Pillars, I'm going to be able to help you do this through one-on-one support, group coaching calls, guest experts, and so much more. Every single month, we've got a monthly live goal-setting session. We've got monthly guest experts. We've got fortnightly hot seat calls. We've got monthly office hours. We have year-round access to the Profit Pillars Business Vault, daily support within the VIP community, a strategy session with me, other sessions with other business experts, live monthly mindset calls, and so much more. And seriously, ladies, for just $275 a day or, sorry, $275 a month, which works out to simply $8 a day, you can join Profit Pillars and start making uh, and creating a sustainable and profitable business. And if it isn't, then my question is, do you want to be where you're at this time next year? If Profit Pillars sounds like the right platform for you, head to my website, angelahenderson.com.au, click on the services tab on coaching program, or if you have any questions, make sure to send me a DM over at Angela Henderson Consulting or an email at info at angelahenderson.com.au. I look forward to seeing you inside of Profit Pillars. But for now, let's get into this amazing, amazing episode. 
All right. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you so much Thanks. for having us. We're excited to be here. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yes. I mean, prior to recording, I was like, yes, I've got a Canadian in the house and I've got an American <laughs> in, the house, in the house. So I absolutely am so pumped to be here because one side of you, you guys have my favorite, which is dill pickle and ketchup chips back home in Canada. But then in the true US, I could eat the ranch dressing over there by the gallon. So I'm glad that you guys are representing. <laughs> and at time of recording, we are going into the Olympics too, right? So again, what better thing to have a, a, a you could and Olympic games between ranch and ketchup chips and dill pickle chips. I love it. So it's so good to have you guys here today. I also love hearing the accents. I get a little bit lonely being a Canadian over here, but I've also lived in the US for a quarter of my life. So my accent's a little bit. So it's always fun hearing the accents from back home. So welcome to the show, ladies. Oh, thank Thank you so much. Now, today we're talking about why you procrastinate. And as we said in the title, hint, it's not laziness. But before we jump into this topic, I always like to ask a fun question to the guests so that the audience gets to know you a little bit better. And Betsy, I know you're from Pennsylvania. So my question to you is, is what is your go-to place in Pennsylvania? Oh, my go-to place in Pennsylvania? Probably Tim Hortons. I know that sounds really crazy. Um, (laughs) I live in the northeastern corner of Pennsylvania. And honestly, I think we have the only Timmy's like around because all the Canadians drive down to on the highway by us. And honestly, if I had to pick a place to go to like get away, (laughs) it would be Timmy's for coffee. (laughs) Tim Hortons, for those people, that's why I was a little bit surprised that it was you, Betsy, saying that and not Laura, because Tim Hortons equals Canada pretty much, right? Like there's a Tim Hortons on every corner (laughs) of all Canada, streets, suburbs, small towns, etc. So yeah. And what do you love the Tim bits of the small little donut holes? I I do actually. My dad was a huge Timmy's fan. We're actually Canadian, so I was born in Montreal, oh, right. but oh, wow. I've That's lived good. down here. Yay! Yeah. So um, when Timmy's showed up around here, like of course, and yeah, if you're American, it's like Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks is really the the debate. But I I love having a Tim Hortons in our town, and it's we don't even have a stoplight, but we have a Tim Hortons. So um, I consider <laughs> myself really lucky. <laughs> So cool. And for you, Laura, back home in Canada, what would you say is your go-to place in Canada? If you, if people here who a lot of my listeners are from Australia, if you're like, this is where you have to go in Canada, where's your favorite go-to place? Oh, well, I hate to say it because it's getting so busy, but it's, I, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't mention like, I mean, living in Calgary, like the Rocky mountains are just like right at our back door. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, Banff, Lake Louise, um, you know, Moraine Lake, any of those places. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's like, they're so postcard picture perfect. It's sort of hard to even explain verbally, Mm -hmm. like the turquoise blue waters and like just pristine mountains and it smells amazing and it's so majestic and beautiful. And um, I always love going out to the mountains and um, it's actually getting really busy though. You know, like, Mm -hmm like it, it was kind of nice during the pandemic because there was it there was no tourism so mm-hmm. we kind of like got our province back a little bit yes. to ourselves which was enjoyable um but you know things are starting to open up again here so it's going to get busy again mm-hmm. and uh, they're actually starting to regulate it more because it's just so beautiful like people just like you know even like instagram influencers like come from all over the world to come and take pictures by this lake like it's it's just next level beautiful 
it is. And there's also an essence of calming once you start from the base of when you leave at a Calgary going into, right, making your way there. Yeah, like definitely. Leaving that city life and then you can feel like the crisp air. Uh, there's so many trees around. I mean, not to mention the wildlife, a few deer, moose every once in a while, you know, bears that like to also come when I was camping there at stages. But it is, <laughs> there's an essence of calm. Uh, and I, what I found too is I love in Banff and like Louise in particular, the stores that are there on their main streets are just these fun, quaint little stores that you can just potter around for hours and get some really cool things. And it's and I find I found it very hard in different parts of the world to just walk down and just be lost for a little while. So no, it is a very magical place. Yeah, yeah, it really is. For the all record, right, so it's now, my favorite place in Canada too. So oh, it is all right. Yeah, and so it's like America. The- it's like Timmy's, and then in Canada, I'm like Lake Louise, <laughs> bam. <laughs> So now that we've just increased when the world can start traveling and more tourism to there, we'll still, it will be regulated even more, but it is, it's an absolutely magical place. I mean, again, I'm biased, but you guys might be too, but Canada collectively is a wonderful country um, as, as a whole, right? So now listen, procrastination. I mean, let's be honest, ladies, we've all been there sometimes daily, but what I've learned over the years, and it could be because as I get older, you get wiser, that we actually have more control of it than what we think. So I'm so excited to have you here today to be talking about why you procrastinate and hint, it's not laziness. So for us, just to get started, I always like when we have a broader topic like this, that we're all on the same page, I like to start with some of the very basic and fundamental questions. So my first question that I want to throw it is just how do you define procrastination? Well, I mean, I think really basically, I mean, you know, procrastination is like you're delaying the action or postponing something. And I think, I mean, everyone deals with this pitfall, right? And there's, it's really so much, it's like, it's not, it's not so much that delaying taking action or postponing doing something is so bad. What it really is, is it becomes this source of shame and guilt. And we, as entrepreneurs, I think it's so easy to get into this downward energetic spiral and feeling really, really just starting to, um, you know, get down on yourself when you fall into a loop or a regular pattern of procrastination. And, you know, and of course it's, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. So when we start to procrastinate, it's, you know, where, what, what happens? We we're on social all the time. We're looking at what other people are doing seeing their, what appears to be their constant action, their constant motion, their constant, um, you know, this appearance of motivation to propel themselves forward. And you think like, what is wrong with me? Why can I not get off my butt and do these things? And, and yet at the same time, we have this like epidemic of busyness in our everyday lives, in our work and in our businesses. And so, um, you know, for Betsy and I, like, really deep diving on like what procrastination means. And and we take a a very different look at it from an energetic perspective Mm -hmm. um, to really understand what that downward energetic spiral is so that you can stop it in its tracks and not, um, not be feel like you're gridlocked by it or you're trapped by it forever. Do you think procrastination shows up in more, I guess what I'm looking at, say the entrepreneur space, for example, right? In your time of working with people, do you see it more prone in particular kind of demographics or do you see it just like collectively equal spread across all parties what are your thoughts around that I think it's pretty much evenly spread out like I don't see it in one particular area more than the other but I do think that the procrastination piece it sort of depends on where you're at in your journey, right? So like if you're really clear on what it is that you're trying to accomplish and you have clear intentions and you know you're you're energetically in a really good space, 
headspace, mindset, all those things physically, then the procrastination doesn't seem to take over the way that it does when you are overwhelmed. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in a world like Laura was saying, where we have so much external stimulation, where we have so many things going on, we have so many platforms that we're being required to show up and partake in. Procrastination you know, it, it is a form, it, it's an extension of the overwhelm, right? We don't mm-hmm. know what to do. Our system is overloaded. And then when you look at it from sort of like that physiological standpoint, it's like now you're in, you're in this, like you're freezing basically mm-hmm. in your business because you're just so overwhelmed by all the things that are going on. And that to me is where I think procrastination starts becoming a more interesting conversation because there's nothing wrong with you. If you're procrastinating, like it's Mm -hmm. not like there's you're broken in your business. I think it's just that overwhelm and being aware of it really changes the dynamic of how we show up. And what are your thoughts in relation to, because I know, and I'm glad that you brought up the energy piece too, and being in alignment and and where your energy is being distributed. Right. But my other question though is, let's just say hypothetically energy is good. We've got a great mindset, right? Growth mindset versus fixed mindset. We're in tune. We've got insight. We're rocking and rolling this. How much, though, can procrastination at times also look like and or be a form of self-sabotage? Ooh, good question. Well, I think it I think it often can be. So yeah. to kind of take a step backwards, like Betsy and I have, well, we're business coaches and we'll always label ourselves as that, but we, we spend a lot of time in terms of the tools that we use in our, in our business coaching for ourselves and for our clients in a more woo and energetic space. So in particular, we use human design Mm -hmm. and we started our human design journey in like the two of us individually. And as like in our business, probably about four years ago. And then you know, we've slowly integrated it more and more into the business with working with clients and then, you know, talking about it more publicly. And the really cool thing about human design is that when you start to pinpoint, like we have clients who come to us and say, like, I'm procrastinating or like, how do I discipline myself to, to show up more consistently on social mm-hmm. media? How do I, you know, and that, that, that procrastination slash discipline slash motivation, like they all get mixed in together. Mm-hmm. But really, these are very distinct elements within your human design. And mm-hmm. so as an example, um, if you look at like your your ego heart center, that energy center in your body, it's undefined for 70% of the population, mm-hmm. which basically means that 70% of the population does not have a consistent and fixed access to willpower. Mm-hmm. Only 30% of the population can literally will themselves into doing something right here, right now. And it's in alignment for them. The Mm -hmm. other, you know, the other 70% of us, it's, it's, it comes and goes that, that motivation, that willpower will come and go. And that is actually correct for us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even just using that one energy center as an example, um, you know, a lot of times we fall into doing things that are not in alignment for us energetically because we're trying to force ourselves. We ha- we feel that we have something to prove. We're mm-hmm. trying to prove our worthiness. We're trying to prove that we belong. We try to prove, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to prove in your business. And so you end up forcing or pushing yourself. And then when that doesn't feel right, we self-sabotage because of course it won't feel right for 70% of the people. So then we right. self-sabotage. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We self-sabotage because we're forcing. And then what happens? Well, then we, but because we're in a culture of busyness, we need to always look busy and always be doing something that, you know, air quotes, pushing the, moving the needle forward. Yeah. Then we get busy doing other things. And then we circle back and we're like, 
my God, on Monday, I said I was going to do this thing and I told myself I would do it. And now it's Friday and I haven't done it. And then there's the shame, the guilt, the spiral guilt down the loop. Like, my to... God, I procrastinated mm-hmm. again. And, mm-hmm. you know, a trick with that, with that shame and that guilt spiral too, is that you're like, but I'm also exhausted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've been really busy all week. I know I've done things. I just didn't do that one thing that I said, or I told myself I would do at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so that's really for us where the juiciness and the magic can unfold in, in a coaching container with a client, because we can start to pick away, like, was that thing that you set out to do on Monday, actually something you really want to do? And it's really in alignment with what you desire, Mm -hmm. or were you willing yourself to do it because you see other people doing it, or you think it's something that you quote unquote should do. And so that's why, you know, we say like procrastination is almost never laziness. Like, I don't know anybody who's lazy anymore. We're all mm-hmm. so busy and yet we're also procrastinating. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where that trick is. It's like drilling back down into what is actually energetically correct for someone. And we're all unique and different in that respect. Mm-hmm. And so it can appear to be self-sabotage, but if we strip it back and we look at it from a human design perspective, like you're saying, is 70% of the population naturally will do that due to not being in alignment, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? And so how, I mean, I know we're not talking necessarily about human design today because we're talking about procrastination, but I'd be curious to know just so that the people, again, have a, you know, small introduction to human design. Can you, in you know, two to three sentences, and I know that might be exceptionally hard because it's a very big topic. What is human design? Because I just want them to kind of I'm all about planting the seed on the podcast and allowing people opportunity to hear of new things and that it might not work for one person, but it could work for someone else. So the fact that we have talked about it, I think it'd be really great to also, as we've defined procrastination, how can we define human design? So human design is actually an energetic blueprint and the way that it came to be, it's a mixture of a bunch of different modalities, energy modalities, um, where the stars were 90 days before you were born, where the stars were the day that you were born. Um, It ties in the Kabbalah, the I Ching, uh, the chakra system. And basically what you do when you pull your chart in human design, you're given an energy blueprint Mm -hmm. that tells you how the energy flows through your your body. So we have a friend, um, AC Brown, she says, it's like the Ikea manual for your energy. So Mm -hmm. if anyone is curious about it, I mean, it's, you can just Google human design free chart and start digging in there, but it is definitely a fascinating, fascinating energetic modality Mm -hmm. to introduce into your life. But again, though, and that's what I was saying earlier on is we sometimes earn procrastination daily, right? But we can have more control of it if we have more insight to it, right? Because mm-hmm. if we've got more insight to our energetic blueprint, we've got in, more insight about how that impacts our decision-making process for what we want to do and not do because of an alignment, surely then life for so many people would get better, right? Because it's like, who wouldn't yeah. want to be able to understand those patterns of behavior and why we do things and how the energy contributes to those decisions, right? So again, I know we could talk about human design for a whole other podcast. I'll try and bring it back. But um, yes, I'm actually having a human design um you know done consultation in a couple weeks so I'm totally all over it at the moment so yes so you mentioned really quickly about the this essence of busyness right and how the Mm -hmm. world is really kind of shoving it down our throats really if you look at it it's kind of everywhere so how does this you know kind of epidemic of busyness play more into the procrastination oh that's such a good question and I think you know procrastination in this sense 
the way that you're asking this question. Like, what does it mean? It really represents what they call um, present bias, which is our brains are hardwired to show up in the present moment. And I think when more and more things are added to our plates, you know, you're talking coronavirus, you're talking lockdowns, you're talking building a business, taking care of the kids, making dinner. What we're trying to do in the moment is really make ourselves comfortable in the moment. When we're overloaded, when our sensors are just being bombarded with information and things around us, what do we want? We want relief. And so present bias can lead it's a it's the perfect example in my, in my opinion of procrastination because what it does is we we stop future casting we stop looking to the the future and what we want to be creating and we get mm-hmm. so stuck in the present moment that we're like i just need to feel a moment of calm in the chaos right right now and in order to do that i'm just not going to do this thing and so then that thing gets put on the back burner and then that's when the procrastination loop starts mm-hmm. because it's like i need to relieve the pressure in this moment i need to feel good right now I need to get this thing off my plate and I just don't have the bandwidth to do it. And what happens with that is, you know, when we start procrastinating little things, little things that are actually important in our business, like doing your finances or, you know, <laughs> yep. setting up a, a, a cart so you can sell your program and take the money in, um, you know, yes, there's a fear of failure. I think there's a lot more fear of success with women entrepreneurs in many mm-hmm. ways, because it's like, well, if I get to this point, then what's going to happen? How am I going to navigate this? Can I handle that next level of pressure? You know, and again, it comes back to like wh- how we feel in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And I think for such a long time, you know, especially as kids, we were told like, think to your future. What do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, vision, vision board, vision cast, what you want to do. But I, but I do feel like when things start taking off in business and things start getting a li- like momentum and you're like, whoa, and you're kind of holding on for dear life, that's really when I see the procrastination start sinking in because it's, it's really that feeling of safety in the moment that we're seeking so that we can like calm down, take a beat. And, but then we get stuck there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, it's funny because even when you were talking about human design, like I've seen women use human design as a way to procrastinate, right? They had to mm-hmm. learn something new. So they put other things on the back burner. 100%. Anything can, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything can be that trigger for procrastination, but it, it comes back to having that awareness mm-hmm. around, okay, things aren't working right now. Why aren't they working? And then mm-hmm. taking a step to, I don't want to say remedy this situation. Cause I think a lot of times we procrastinate on things that we don't actually necessarily need to do. We're telling ourselves we need to do, like Laura said, but there are certain things that we procrastinate on and it's, you know, it's just having a moment of compassion with yourself and looking and being like, okay, we're out of alignment. Like we're not really going in the direction that we set out to go in and tapping back into the intention or the why behind your, why you're doing something. Mm-hmm. That's a really easy way to pull yourself out of procrastination and put things back into perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think there too, when you think about perspective, perspective can be such a beautiful thing. But in the world of busyness, often we don't have time to just sit and reflect because we have time to sit and reflect, too. That can also put people into like these uncomfortable zones, right? Like, oh, this shit isn't actually going the way I want to. Whereas if I keep busy, things will just kind of feel like we're all going up. An example I use is uh, I had to get new accountants this past year. And one of the things that I've been wanting to do for a while is implement profit first into my system with finances and the profit first, for those of you that don't know, it's just this really cool system where you just have buckets, different buckets of money and how they get distributed based on certain percentages in your business. And really it's, it allows you to have growth financially, but 
every week because I do this inside of my paid groups. I, I, I would use that. I let everyone know what like I'm working on every week. So they too can see what I'm working on. And then I do a follow-up Friday. And for, I reckon 16 weeks minimum, the same task about setting up profit first was sitting on that list. And the girls were like, and when are you going to get to this? Like you've got to, and I'm like, yes. And, and I knew it right for me though, it wasn't that it wasn't in alignment. So that's what I'm curious to know a little bit more about this particular situation is it wasn't that it wasn't in alignment. I actually really want to do it. And now that it's implemented, the benefits have already been amazing after just four weeks of actually having everything done. But for me, with I also have floored ADHD. And whenever something's really hard, as it, and not hard as in like difficulty hard, but hard as in like, I'm going to have to use a lot of my brain power on shit that I don't want to have to go and do, such as like I had to go to a bank, open up five more bank accounts, rename my bank accounts, switch things with zero. Like it just was like draining for me. How much of that then is connected with that human design element, right? Because it's like, I knew I was procrastinating, but it was actually very well in alignment. But because it was like a boring task that I needed to do, that's where I was like, you know, just didn't do it. So what are your thoughts about situations like that where it is in alignment, um, but the procrastination is still there? Well, I think I think it's important to recognize that you know, I don't necessarily view it so much as like a human design thing, because you're right, it was in alignment with you. And it felt really good. And you know, human design helps us like find our authority, and we can ask ourselves questions. And there's different ways to do that. But, you know, to stay on topic with the productivity and the the procrastination piece, procrastination is about emotion. It's not actually about productivity. Mm-hmm. And we make it that it's about being productive and like all the tasks that we have to do. But emotionally, there was something there that was like, oh, this is going to feel like a lot of work, you know, and mm-hmm. it's okay to have those moments where you're like, oh my God, there's so much going on. Yes, it can totally be in alignment, but if emotionally you're feeling that resistance or you're feeling like you're not ready to go and do it yet, or, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of time and energy and effort you know, I mean, you could have just been tired and it was like underlying tired. And, and that's the beauty of our brains, right? Like our, Mm -hmm. the, the brain works in mysterious ways and it wants to protect us and it wants to keep us safe. So I really look at it like procrastination has nothing to do with productivity. I mean, it does because at the end of the day, we need results in our business, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, to me, the root of it always goes back to the emotions and, you know, what's driving us behind it. And so, yeah, I think, we can totally be in alignment and still not do something. You know what I mean? Like we can't, mm-hmm. there's, there's always something more to it. In my gotcha. Yeah. And you mentioned, I love, I'm totally love the brain, right? And you mentioned it just briefly. So I do want to just touch upon that. How does our brain and the wiring of our brain impact or not impact procrastination? Attention women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day women in business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day women in business conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, Gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced, with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. 
You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. I think it's a huge player in it. It's probably the number one player. The 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 interesting thing with human design is that it really shifts us into a new paradigm in terms of how we make decisions and what is actually um, you know, the parts of our, our body and our energy centers that are actually allowing us to get things in motion, mm-hmm. to get things started. What's, um, you know, what is motivating us, not motivating us um, and where we, you know, where we source our energy from. So the interesting thing about, you know, our, our heads, our brains, your, your crown and your anja, as it's described in human design, it's like, those are sources for inspiration mm-hmm. for your crown, whether it's defined or undefined. And, and your anja is like your, your viewpoint of the world, your judgments, your opinions, and your viewpoints. So we have this head. And I always like to think of our heads as like an information highway. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I have an open head and an open anja. So it's like, it's just information highway, lots and lots. I can receive so much from the outside world coming in. Um, and for Betsy, she has a defined crown and a defined anja. So she is the source of her own inspiration. And mm-hmm. she is the source of her own um opinions, judgments, and viewpoints. But the difference is like, we use that data and we take it in and it's, it brings us awareness and it it brings us just information, mm-hmm. but it's not where we make decisions. We make decisions with our inner authority, which is located like down in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so that's the biggest shift I think is like, it, it gives us permission to be present in our bodies and actually make a decision that feels in alignment energetically, as opposed to letting our heads take over because if I use myself as an example, um, I'm a generator, I'm a sacral authority and I have, you know, an open head and an open anja. I mean, I can, and Betsy could attest to this, like I can very easily just spin in circles. I can see ideas, other people's viewpoints, um, get inspiration externally and be like, Oh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. And be almost become obsessed mm-hmm. with something, but then never actually take action on it. Um, because I'm still turning it over and over in my head. Whereas if I tap into my inner authority, um, and drop down into like, what actually feels good for me in my body? What is my sacral excited about? What am I getting lit up about? Mm-hmm. And let that be the decision maker. Let that cut through the noise. Um, and, you know, the analogy I always use is like, imagine if instead of a brain, you had like an iPhone stuck on top of your neck, mm-hmm. right? Your iPhone is amazing. We can Google anything. We can retrieve any piece of information that we could possibly desire in the world. And that's amazing. But your iPhone doesn't make decisions for you. You make the decisions. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where it's like you can, when you, when you identify that you're procrastinating on something, it's first like allowing yourself to sit in the uncomfortableness of that moment. Like just pause, give a moment to the uncomfortableness and let it be there. And it will physically feel uncomfortable in your body. It will feel almost panicky, maybe even in your mind. And then bring awareness to like, okay, like let's start to, to use this trigger to become an activation for ourselves. Like what is it about this thing I'm avoiding doing mm-hmm. um, that's triggering me? Is, and then you can ask questions like, is it really that, do I really want to do it? Do I really have to do it? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, am I doing this because I think I should? Is it, am I doing it because I saw someone else doing it and it seemed brilliant for her and I just, I want a piece of that brilliance for myself, but maybe it's not actually in alignment for me. And so you can start to use that trigger as a something, to, you know, to go deeper within yourself, tease out like what's really happening here. Um, and when you, when you bring awareness to that, then that's when you can use your authority to be like, oh, I see what's happening here. 
I was inspired by what she was doing. That's a really cool direction for her, but maybe it's actually not correct for me. And we can use our inner authority to suss out what is the correct course of action? What would feel good? Um, because I mean, in human, I mean, when it comes to building business, six figure business, seven figure business and beyond, there's a thousand different ways to do it. And all of them are correct. It's just not all of them might be correct for you. And really that's what is so when you, when you look at someone else's business and you're like, God, she is just on fire. Look at her killing it. She looks like she's having so much fun and things just are flowing and it feels good. And and look at the money that she's making. It's because she's probably tapped into what is correct for her, what feels good for her. And she's flowing with it. And she's giving herself permission to do things her way. Mm -hmm. And so then there's that reflection for all of us. It's like, how can I do things that feel in alignment for me and stop, um, shaming or guilting myself for not being at the same at, at you know at the level that someone else is at and and instead like come back and reflect on what is the correct what is the correct and fun and aligned um course of action for myself mm-hmm. no i love it and, and again that insight though right like i've been taking insight perspective that the more you're aware of this of what again is alignment and i think a lot of women get stuck in the business and don't have time to ask those questions that you had, you know, given to us today, right? Like we just keep going, jumping from one thing to one thing to one thing. And that's one of the things too, that when I work with women, I'm like, is what you're doing even fun anymore? Is it bringing joy anymore? Are you just doing it because that's what you're reading on the internet to do? And people are like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. Like people lose out of joy, but because they've never actually sat and paused, regardless if it's in a procrastination, do they love it? Do they not? Is we're in this world of busyness. And so again, the importance of just being able to slow down and life collectively can be really powerful for, you know, where you're choosing or where you're, you know, steering the ship next. Now, one of the things that I am curious about is you guys have worked with a ton of different people from around the world and, and your from, from your lens with human design, um, your own experiences, living in different parts of the world, is th- what is the real reason that people avoid getting things done? That's a great question. I think the thing that I see the most, I really do think overwhelm, especially in the last year, has been so prevalent and so invasive and just so there because again, it's sensory overload. Like I, I sound like a broken record on this podcast today, but, but we just, we have so many things coming to us at, at any given moment. And, you know, sometimes when you have too many options, it's really hard to pick an option. And mm. that's why we love using human design because it does give you that roadmap and it does give you the ability to check in with your authority and really like figure out what's true for you. But I, but I also think that there isn't really the space to contemplate. There isn't the space mm-hmm. to pause and consider. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to stare at the wall. Like, I love it. Like, I mean, it mm-hmm. sounds so indulgent. And at the beginning, that that seems so indulgent, but it's not. Like, it's so necessary. Having mm-hmm. space to rest, to recharge, to just not use your brain is super, super powerful. And, you know, is lying down for an hour and like doing nothing in the middle of the day productive. It actually is for me, mm-hmm. especially based on my authority, especially doing the type of work that we do and it allows me to show up at, at a higher level. But at the beginning, that was a really hard conditioned thing inside me to, to, to understand. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was very type A. I was very go, go, go. Like I worked in New York city for 12 years. I worked in fashion. Everything was 24 seven. And mm-hmm. so I, I do think that there's this, 
paradigm shift around what is acceptable, how to lead with your, with your energy first, instead of your brain, because mm-hmm. um, your brain's always going to tell you to do things, right? It's always mm-hmm. going to fill up that space. It's, it's always going to want to seek out more, but sometimes less is more. And mm-hmm. that's a really hard mindset shift to, to make at the beginning, especially when you're trying to build something from nothing, mm-hmm. right? It's like, I'm building from nothing. There should be no space. I should be filling it. I should be go, go, going like hustle. Like that's why our name is luscious hustle of our business, because yes, there's this hustle mentality that we live in, but there's, there's also these incredibly luscious divine feminine moments that we can have throughout the day and in our lives. And it's really learning how to redefine what a hustle is in 2021. Mm-hmm. And I just think uh, a client of mine, she's from How to Live Slow, and she's all about slow living. And she said when she first started uh, really trying to just slow down, slow down her mornings, slow down her night times, just slow down the business so she wasn't working as much. And just a variety of little things, right, is, again, that busyness that we're competing with the rest of the world, though, right? The busyness of other moms when we're at school, pick up and school drop off, the busyness of what other people are doing. And one of the things that I would say is if you can focus on your own lane and again, just sit in that moment, again, you being able to slow down can be one of the best, most beneficial things that people can do. But again, because we've heard things like if you slow down or don't do this, you're lazy. And then that shame and guilt loop that you guys talk about comes into place. And it's really hard. It's it's almost like so counter um, intuitive, right? Because we've been so conditioned and ingrained to do one thing one way, that to try and do it the opposite, it does take a little bit of time um, and willingness to be able to start making some changes. And when you start to see people um, from a human design perspective, again, and I'm bringing up the human design collectively, though, when they start to get that insight as to what makes up their energetic blueprint what are some of the shifts that you've seen in women or some of those like aha moments that they get when that happens well I think and Betsy touched on this it's like starting to actually give yourself permission to live in your feminine like there's a lot of talk on social about femininity and you know being in your feminine energy um and often I find a lot of that is directed towards um the visual of femininity, but then also like self-care and self-care is another one of those funky traps because it actually becomes another thing on the to-do list often Uh that that is just like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to do self-care. And then it doesn't quite happen, but (laughs) I I think, (laughs) and then becomes another, another source of shame and guilt. Um, But you know, we are really stepping into a new paradigm. Like up until now, most women, even women who have been incredibly successful in their businesses, and I'm not saying this in any way to take away from the tremendous success that they've had, but they have done it in the masculine, in the masculine of doing, doing, doing. Mm -hmm. And we see other women doing, 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 and they've reached high heights in their success. And so then we look at that and we think, well, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I do, do, do the way she is? Mm -hmm. And and I, you know, I think too, oftentimes we will label behaviors as procrastination and it's like, it could be, it could be just genuine procrastination or it could be that um, we're actually being, you know, it's like the universe is throwing up like an energetic block, an energetic safeguard, be like, actually, this is not the correct path for you. Yeah, um, yeah. And then of course there's that also that overwhelm piece that Betsy talked about. It's like, I'm just going to block you from doing that right now because it's actually not in alignment for you. And, and there's there's actually, you know, consciously or subconsciously, you're, you're being pushed to, to take a step back and to give yourself space because in Mm -hmm. the feminine, the feminine is being first, Mm -hmm. we be 
first and then we do. Um, and I think there is a shift happening away from feeling like we need to build our businesses from, from strictly only in the masculine. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's this invitation to be like what Betsy said, like, can you just lay on the floor and let yourself decompress for an hour and trust that that is productive and call it productive Mm -hmm. and really, really own that and feel it and feel good about it as opposed to be like, well, you know, I took an hour to my day because I was just really exhausted and I was kind of overwhelmed. I just need to lay on the floor for a little while and we'll call it meditation. And then I don't feel like, <laughs> then I don't feel like I'm losing out. Like, can we really own being in our feminine and giving ourselves that space and trusting that that's correct for us mm-hmm. and, and that that's not procrastination. Like we actually are doing that for our higher good. Mm-hmm. And Again, so many things we could talk about, higher good. <laughs> There's a million different things, so I'll try and do it. But for those people that are sitting there going, okay, procrastination, yes, I do it. Yes, I have it. Yes, it's part of me. Now I know a little bit more about the blueprint, energetic blueprint that you guys are talking about, etc. For those people who either choose to even start exploring more about human design and maybe those who are like, no, not ready for it yet. What is just some really simple, I know you guys talked about asking some of those particular questions early on in the podcast, but is there any like five steps, three steps, like what advice could you give? So, so people can start to either have insight or or start to acknowledge or whatever that is to, to start to get them out of the procrastination when they now know that they're in it. Honestly, I don't have like a three-step process. I think I have like one thing. Uh Um, Just be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that there's so much pressure to be perfect in -hmm. today's society. And I think with, you know, social media and all the filters and everything that goes on, perfectionism is like a real thing. It's like a disease. It permeates into everything that we do. And the thing that I've been focusing on this year, the, the most this year is just being gentle, being kind, but also forgiving myself when I mess up. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm procrastinating, cause you know, again, the mind is so smart. It can tell you that you're doing this for this reason and it can write a whole backstory. And the next thing you know, you've like written a novel <laughs> about why you haven't done something and you're like cooking cookies instead of doing, you know, the books or whatever. Um, and I just think in those moments of awareness, we need to celebrate more the moments of awareness and not shame ourselves for not doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think when we can start stepping into, a greater sense of awareness with compassion. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how quickly you can break that habit loop or you can break the cycle of just feeling so down because again, it's, you know, do you want to be spiraling down into the depths of despair or would you rather be spiraling up and expanding in the energy of just like releasing things and letting them go and allowing the process to unfold? That's really what I wish I could, I would see more of is just people being more compassionate, more gentle, and then also forgiving themselves when they mess up. It's not about being perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, perfection will actually keep you stuck in place longer. And forgiveness. Uh, a good friend of mine is Denise Duffield Thomas. And one of the things that she talks about in Money Bootcamp around, you know, shame around money and things like that is one of the first exercises she talks about in her program is around forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us never take the time to actually truly look at who, what about forgiveness again. People could say, well, you have to add it to the to-do list. But there's something really, when I went through the process, there was something quite magical just sitting in that. Forgiveness, forgiveness of myself, forgiveness of other people, forgiveness of a variety of different things, and just letting go of letting go of that and being okay with that. Um, but through that, I also was a lot more kinder to myself, right? Going, well, hold on. 
yeah, there's a variety of things, right? But it was it was really great. But again, I had I had to sit. And I'm with you is that that busyness is often, like you said, that um, well, I laid down on the couch and then they're labeling it, but it was meditation, almost like just like just sit and be, just sit and be, and that it's okay. But yeah, the power of forgiveness is I think it's crucial in life, in business, and also just for ourself, our self-love. One of the things I talk about with the women is they'll say, Well, what is um, you know, Angie, I'm stumped with this, or I'm stuck with this. But we're also forgetting to love ourselves, right? Just loving ourselves for who we are, embracing some of those procrastination things and just being who we are. So, and for you, Laura, I'd love to know what, Betsy talked a little bit about like compassion and just being, is there anything that you wanted to add to that? I, no, I, Betsy and I have both been on a forgiveness kick, honestly. Um, and I will be the first person to admit, like no one can be harder on me than me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's possible for any any other human being on the planet to be like as unkind to me as I could be. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so really, I truly and I and I don't think I'm alone in that. I think a lot of women are like that. I think we're really hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know, stepping into that forgiveness piece, like forgiving the times when even not even just in the moment, like looking back, like, oh my God, I was so hard on myself then and so hard on myself then. Mm. Like, can we yeah. let that go and forgive? you know, forgive the, uh, you know, the hardness of the past. And as you do that, um, yeah, step, you step into being kinder to yourself, step into recognizing yourself. I think, um, that's a big piece, you know, on, in terms of social, you know, showing up in your business, showing up on social media, wanting to connect and build your audience, build authority, you know, sell, doing all the things. It's like, before we can receive recognition from other people, we have to receive it from ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we can't, ex- yeah, we can't expect it to come from out externally before we can recognize ourselves internally. And that is actually the work of the feminine as well mm-hmm. is like re- being open to receiving and it has to come from you first. Um, and that that's been a huge piece in my journey is like being more compassionate to myself, forgiving myself, finding that ease and that flow again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really just gives you a completely fresh perspective on life when it comes to actually sitting down then you know, sitting down to do the masculine tasks of the day or plotting out the steps that need to happen to hit that masculine goal, but doing it from that, you know, the masculine tasks and and tasks and goals live inside the container of the feminine energy. So I have to show up really embodying that feminine energy first. And then, um, and then I can start to sit down and do the tasks, the doing that's in the masculine and trust that, you know, if if you don't hit that certain goal, that's not a failure. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just not, you can take a look at that and look at what worked and what didn't um, learn a lesson from that. And you keep moving forward. And, you know, the, the feminine, it's like, you know, she doesn't throw the baby out with the bathwater the way the masculine wants to, if a, if a launch doesn't go the way you think it will in the masculine, that the masculine wants to get hard on themselves mm-hmm. um, because they didn't meet, they didn't rise to the challenge. Whereas the feminine can see the bigger f- picture of like, I'm on this journey of a lifetime. I'm always going to be evolving and growing. I am constantly on an upward spiral and, you know, the goals are just the little check stops along the way. Okay. So I missed that one. That's okay. I'm still on my journey. I'm still growing. I'm still moving towards that bigger thing. Um, You still get to be, you know, that most luscious version of yourself, that strong, powerful, you know, feminine woman um, who's on her journey. And when you get better at being in that (laughs) practice, really when by better, I mean, just practice embodying that, then, then the goals, um, 
they, the, the wins become sweeter and the failures just become lessons. Mm-hmm. 100%. I preach that on here all the time. The mistakes, I don't look at them as mistakes. I look at them, the lessons that we need to just keep growing and moving forward. And growth to me, again, isn't necessarily just financial growth. It can be spiritual growth. It could be, you know, physical growth, mental growth, all of those things. But those are little, I believe they're like the little breadcrumbs that they give us to then be able to enhance you know, and look at things from a different lens. Now, for those that you guys have been in business, you guys have been rocking and rolling for a while, and you've talked a little bit about it, but I don't want to put words into your mouth. What do you, what do you both know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Oh, that's such a juicy question. What do I wish I knew? I wish that I, honestly, the forgiveness piece, I wish that I understood that a lot earlier in our business because I mentioned earlier, like I came from a very corporate-y background where I was working 24-7, flying off to China at the drop of a hat. Like my life was not my own. And I think as we've built this business and we've redefined what the hustle looks like in 2021 and what it means to to really create a business where you're leading with your feminine energy. Uh Um, I think I needed to, I had to do a lot of forgiving of myself and forgiving myself for, you know, buying into a a system or in a way of thinking that I just wasn't good for me. And so there's a whole new level of success that is unfolding now and it's exciting and it's fun and it's restful and it is expansive. And it's just, it's so different than I ever thought was imaginable. So How do you, I know for you, but did you, and then how do I say this for me too, is I, I work, I have worked in the place of, do you mean masculine Mm -hmm. more than feminine, but how much of that do you also think that it's part of the journey because of that culture that we've been like so ingrained and conditioned to, right? Like for me personally, it's like people over the years have had to plant the seeds about say energy healers, um, chakras, right? Like all of the kind of woo type of stuff. And when I first started, I was like, what the fuck are these people talking about? Do you know what I mean? Like the, it yeah. was so unknowing, right? <laughs> and I didn't say that they weren't true, but it was so unknown that I was like, are they speaking? Like, is this English? Like what? Like, and that's not like, I just really, it was such a foreign topic to me right but again the seeds were constantly being dropped like so like kind of like planting a seed and it was growing in me and it's and it's taken me I've been 11 years in business in a couple of months um but it's taken me on that journey of what I've had to go through and then inside and you know now I work with an energy healer and I'm getting my human design done and I work with um like a variety of different spectrums, body talk and a whole bunch of different things that's really only infused over the last kind of 18 to 24 months. And if someone said that I would book a human design call 24 months ago, I would have been like, like hell, that shit is never fucking happening. Right. But because I've been exposed to it more and more and the seeds have been planted and I'm more open to it. Right. Like this journey, like you said, it is much more expansive now. It is much more restless now, but I had to get there and the seeds had to keep being planted. So that's why like when I was looking at bringing you guys like on, it was one of those things that I knew we could start planting seeds for other people. Does that make sense? Because, and so my question to that to go back is how long did it take you to start to be able to see the other side of things? Am I asking the right, is that making sense? Yeah, well, it makes sense. a while for me to come to the other end and start to embrace that. So interestingly, I grew up in this world. Mm -hmm. 
I grew up from a very young age. My parents were very open about like other things, different modalities. I mean, we lived all over the world. I was, we lived in Hong Kong when I was six and seven and I started doing yoga back then. Like I've always had a meditation practice. I mean, I'm 42 years old. So, you know, when you start doing yoga at a very young age like that, I mean, it was something that I brought into, I I wanted to go to the Olympics since we're talking about the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a swimmer. That was a practice that I brought back with me that I brought into like training. Mm -hmm. And I I do think though, that the, the norm, right. It's whether we want to embrace the masculine or not, the norm is that we lead with the masculine. It is Mm -hmm. how society is built. It is built for men's energy cycles, which are 24 hours. You know, they reset at the end of the day, but women, it takes us 20, it takes us 28 days to reset our energy cycle. It's, it's Mm. tied to our bodies and the moon and all this different energy. And so for me, it's, I don't know. The moon was always there in my life. Human design was uh, human design's only been around for five years, but astrology was a huge part of my life growing up. I carried Mm. crystals when I was a kid in my pocket. Like, so for me, it was just, it was more of like a unraveling the conditioning that I got when I, when I started to work. Right. Mm -hmm. But all of this stuff was in the background constantly kind of like running. And for me, the fight was just being open to embracing it again, Mm -hmm. but it was always there. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, you know, maybe that makes my experience a little bit different, but I don't know. My parents were always really open about this stuff, past lives, Akashic records, like you name it. We talked about it at the dinner table. So aliens, I mean, it was a very different upbringing. (laughs) Yep. But again, and that's like, again, it's, I think if you're exposed to it, like for you, like you said, you know, no different, right? You're just like, this is how we rock and roll. For me, my dad's very farmer, middle of Alberta, meat, potatoes. We're talking maybe what happened on the farm that day, but that's about all, right? So again, I think it's only because I was exposed to it, say from the age of 30 onwards, and I had to work hard to learn it and start, well, and I haven't completely even mastered that at all, but like learn it, accept it, have insight to it, but then also uh, not worry and shed what will others think about me because it hasn't been part of me, right? And so it's like, you have to go through this cycle of acceptance and in not grieve, but whenever there's loss, there is grief. And so I've also had to go through is like the the loss of who I was and who I'm becoming. Right. And I think people forget about that and that it's okay to expand. It's okay to try different things. Again, we go back to about that alignment, right? It's now in alignment with me, but I'm also open to it uh, where it's taken a little while for that to happen. Do you have any thoughts around that, Laura? I think I would just say, you know, like our generation is, we are bridging like, like, the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarian, like, like, and we're also like the millennials, even I was reading an article about millennials are like, we're the one generation in the workplace that can bridge the communication and understanding gap Mm -hmm. between boomers and Gen X versus like uh, Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Like we are, we, we have lived in both worlds and we are, are in, in, we are the transition. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're right there in the middle of it. Um, and so I think it's just, you're right. Like having compassion for like, yeah, Betsy's story is unique. Cause she did have a family that was like numerology and like all the things. Um, my family's like a farming family. That was my grandparents, you know, farmed in Manitoba and my parents have very like traditional careers and traditional backgrounds and educations. And so it like the woo was completely new to me. Mm-hmm. Energetics was completely new to me. And yet like, I mean, we can get our, I feel like we're positioned though also to, to make that transition 
uh, or that transformation rather like in hyperspeed, we can collapse time. And I think that that's really actually what's happening for a lot of us who are stepping into this space. Um, and, you know, and actually on that note, it's like to answer the question that you, that you asked before, like, what would I do differently if I, you know, what do I know now that I would do differently? I would give myself permission to not spend so much time thinking about the how and the why mm-hmm. behind things like why I want, you know, I, it, it, as a generator with the sacral authority, I can want something and just want it because I want it. And I don't have to know why <laughs> yes, I can trust. Yeah. I can trust that it's good for me because it peaks my desire. And when my desire is peaked, that's how my body produces energy. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, I literally, I don't need my head will want to go down the rabbit hole of like, well, why do we want that? And is it good? And how will that happen? And can that launch really work that way? And da, 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 da. like, I would, that's the biggest thing I've learned is like, I don't need to know why. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily need to know all 10 steps to the finish line. I just yeah. need to know that I want it and I desire it mm-hmm. and that it feels good in the moment. And okay, what's the one, the one next step I'm going to take mm-hmm. that feels in alignment and trust that the rest will follow. Um, and that's, that's been a huge shift for me. Oh, it's I incredibly love- freeing. It's incredibly freeing when you get to do that in your feminine you, and you have that sort of that paradigm shift. It's like you, you know, you said there was something you said before that was, you know, any, I mean, all who we are right now in the present moment is the culmination of like all the choices and things that we've done in our lives. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you have made a step in, as an adult into exploring energetics, exploring different holistic modalities, different, you know, ways of understanding the world. And so by doing that, you're actually like choosing to live in, an, in a different reality. Like mm-hmm. you could have stayed in the reality where you stayed in, mm-hmm. in Alberta and you stayed in a certain town and did the certain things. <laughs> and you know, like you could have lived that predictable lifestyle and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That would have been a, a reality that you chose. Instead, you chose a different reality mm-hmm. um, as have I, and ha- as have Betsy. And I think it's like when you, when you start to wrap your head around, like there are multiple realities happening for you in the quantum field. And it's like, you just get to choose. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really cool when you start to play in that, in that zone. No, I love it. I love it. And I love that we've been able to weave in so much of this other stuff too, other than just procrastination, because I don't think you can have one without the other, right? Like it, Everything goes hand in hand. So I appreciate you guys willing to expand on some of these conversations today, because it will, again, start to plant seed for other individuals. Now, for those listeners that out there that would love to connect with the both of you, how can they find you? Do you guys have anything coming up that you guys want to share with the audience? Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so we are mostly hanging out on Instagram at luscious.hustle. You can head on over there and check us out. DM us, let us know what you loved from this episode and what you would like to hear more of. Um, But also just head on over to our website, www.luscioushustle.com. We have an incredible Facebook group where we are... um, you know, sharing some free content, sharing some free trainings that are coming up. I don't have anything off the top of my head right now because I am so bad with dates at the moment. Um, but that is Level Up X Luscious Hustle on Facebook. And again, you can find all of that on our website on, through our Instagram page. Um, all the links are there, but we would love to connect with anyone who's listening to this. And if you have questions about human design, that's really our jam. And we would be happy to answer any of those questions for you. 
Such note. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you both uh, willing to come on today, talk about procrastination, give us some really cool and amazing tips and tricks on what people can do, but equally weaving in the human design part. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. For the rest of you, my team and I will also be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au, where we'll also make sure that we have all the links, uh, URLs, handles to find the girls over on Instagram, etc. will be in those notes. And for the rest of you, I hope you have a beautiful day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another awesome episode of the business and life conversations podcast thanks again ladies thank you so much for having us thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with angela henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au